Good morning, everybody. This is Larry from Restoring the Farmstead podcast, episode 20, and today is July 28th, 2016. It's early in the morning, and I'm just up here in the farmhouse after feeding the goats and the cats and kind of looking things over a little bit and thought, well, I guess it's time to get out another podcast, tell you about a couple of things that's been going on. And one of the things that's been taking place has been rain. This past week, we have had a fair amount of it. And uh, according to, what's the name of that software? Let's see, I believe it's Farm Logs. I don't know, yes, Farm Logs. It's a free and pay service. And one of the things that I like about it, uh, I can map out all the fields that I uh, that we have here that either I have or or I uh, help manage take care of and it will tell me uh, based upon the predictions of the National Weather Service how much rain was dropped on a particular field and for here at the farmstead uh, it looks like over the past seven days it's been about two and a half inches uh, thankfully we don't have a, a whole lot of water standing around that I can see uh, but it uh, we have had the rain and that's good and hopefully that's going to keep the the soybeans doing good down in the bottom and hopefully it's not going to be too much because one of the big things that I'm looking forward to uh, for the first time in, in a couple of years here is being able to get all the CRP ground mowed according to the contract and I'm I've got two days set aside next week where I'm gonna be up here and spending as much time as possible in the fields Of course that was all contingent on whether or not the propane tractor could get running and if you uh, go out to the restoring the farmstead Facebook page you'll see a photo of me driving that tractor uh, my cousin Brad Garby uh, thank the world of him he's a great guy and he uh, he worked very diligently over the past several days and tried all different kinds of troubleshooting techniques and was able to get the uh, the tractor running. Uh, so this uh, almost 50 year old tractor, I guess this year it would be 48 years old. John Deere 4020 Propane and. Uh, uh, let's see, it's got new spark plugs and plug wires and coil and distributor, uh, ignition uh, switch, and probably the most valuable thing is a new revved up a little bit starter. Uh, the original starter, uh, well, or not necessarily the original starter, but the, the one that was the uh, recommended replacement, factory uh, recommended one, just didn't seem to have the get up and go enough to turn it over to pull in uh, the vapors, uh, the propane vapors, to get it started. And so this new one does a fantastic job. As a matter of fact, it starts like an automobile now. It starts when it's supposed to start without using any starter fluid. And that's the first time I can remember it starting without starter fluid for 30 years. So I am tickled to death about that. So as long as the weather holds up, and so far the weather forecast is like threatening rain every day except for those two days. So hopefully I don't have ponding of water and large puddles that's going to cause a problem out in the fields. 
but I guess we'll we'll see when uh, when I get out there uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Let's see another thing regarding the goats. I was up the other night. I can't remember which night it was, but uh, took six pallets and uh, three uh, overly long two by fours and four sheets of old scrap tin, roofing tin, and uh, built a little shelter for the little boys, and they are using it. Uh, they, uh, they, well, definitely with the rain, they've been using it because their, their, their housing shed is just a very small one, and, uh, and they need something more. So they're, they're using that. They also, what's kind of funny is last fall, we had different people give us pumpkins, and we uh, threw them into the goat pen, broke them open, and the goats just really liked eating the uh, the fresh pumpkin. And the seeds got down in the ground, and all of a sudden we started having volunteer pumpkin plants growing up. And we had a nice-sized pumpkin, I would say probably, oh, eight inches across, uh, that was growing in the little buck's pen and looked like it was doing good and the goats weren't eating on the leaves they weren't messing around with it but apparently they found it got curious started eating on it and and they ate the skin off of about a third to a half of the pumpkin uh the stem is still attached and it seems to still be growing so we'll see if the boys continue eating or if they uh if they're gonna let it grow uh the girls uh over in their pen one portion of their pen is completely taken over by several huge pumpkin plants uh, and so we'll see what kind of pumpkins grow out of those they don't seem to be messing with them at all and don't seem to be bothered too much by the fact that it is encroaching in on their living space but I guess that's that's uh, that's the way they're handling it so far um, one thing that we're looking at doing and uh, I want to do a little bit of research to make sure that it's going to be okay is uh, we're going we're going to try to give the goats uh, 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 the female pen the doe pen give each of those goats a bath because they're the ones that are wandering around out in the woods and to the best of my figuring out after about two and a half months of a problem um, they they seem to be rubbing in whether it's poison ivy poison oak or some other substance getting it on their fur or their hair and then whenever we love on them pet them that kind of stuff they are causing us to, uh, both dawn and i to break out in a rash and mine tends to stay just a reddening of the surface but horribly itchy in uh, throughout my body it's like it went systemic uh, for my wife, she's got the bumps, but we're trying to figure it out. We've been trying to figure it out for a while, been to the doctor a few different times. And um, one of the things that I noticed was yesterday morning when I was up feeding the goats, you know, I, I pick up the little ones and I put them in an area where they can eat without having to fight, you know, with the big goats trying to get the food. And within just 10 minutes of, of handling the goats, my left arm starts breaking out in in a red you know not bumpy but just a red discoloration and the itchiness lasted all day and i'm not you know to me the answer is not you know long term taking you know three to four different kinds of antihistamines that's that's not a, a plan for the long term so 
uh, whenever we're up here, we've got the time. Uh, I want to uh, uh, have uh, Dawn and I uh, give the goats a good scrub down. Uh, you know, you hear, you see on the commercials like Dawn dishwashing soap being safe and used for wildlife. I want to check and make sure that that's going to be an okay thing for the goats. But I really think it's going to need to be some sort of like a degreasing type of, of mild detergent in order to uh, get things done right. So those are uh, uh, the, uh, the things happening with the livestock. Uh, the, the yard's growing real fast, so that I need to uh, get back on top of. Uh, this weekend, I'm short a day because where I work at the uh, the with the Marion VA, we are doing an extra day. Uh, we're we're all working on a Saturday to try to get caught up uh, when it comes to veterans that need to get in, but there's no slots for them to get in because the the caseloads are are so full. So we're uh, all the clinics, as far as I'm aware of, is they're. Uh, uh, doing an extra day uh, to see if we can get caught up. So that's a day away from being up here with the farming, but you know, hopefully it'll be helpful there. It'll be a good investment. So in the meantime, I've got to squeeze in some extra time so the mowing doesn't get out of hand with all this this rain we've had this past week. Um, try and think that's probably about it for now. Um, I have been listening to a, a few different podcasts. Well, I've been listening to podcasts for several years, uh, and obviously you've discovered podcasts, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me. Uh, but there's there's one that is uh, is not hasn't been around too too long. I think they're on episode like 31. But if if you like the idea of uh, a farmstead or self sufficiency without going too far over the top as as some folks might. There's a, there's a neat one that's called So Edible Permaculture Podcast. And so is S-O-W, like you're sowing seed. So the So Edible Permaculture Podcast. And this is what sounds like a young couple. They've got a, a little farmstead and they're, uh, they're using, frankly, I would call it the methods from 150 to 200 years ago when you had a farmstead or you were traveling because you didn't have restaurants to eat at while you were moving your family you know for example with the westward expansion or if you were trying to get away from uh you know 150 years ago with the civil war as as our family was trying to escape some of that fighting and and migrated up here to illinois but they would they would gather the edible greens in the woods as part of their staples and 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 their their regular meals and so that's kind of a little bit of what this family does they uh they're eating more of the uh uh the, the different wild greens they're they're setting up permanent plants rather than having everything just on an annuals type of uh of a garden they do have those but they're doing they're doing the kind where you plant it and then you just you eat off of it year after year after year which i kind of like that concept it's something i've toyed with for a while and and wanting to have as a part of, of the farmstead you know if you go back here to this farmstead you know back in the 19 well the late 1800s the early 1900s 
you would have uh, out here, they would have, app, there was an apple orchard, there was uh, uh, cherry trees, you had your different briars that were, you know, for your blackberries or your raspberries. Uh, there were, uh, you had uh, an assortment of greens. When people had, you know, a salad, they weren't thinking only of iceberg lettuce. They were thinking of the variety of different greens. And the greens may be something that you planted, but a lot of times it was what you foraged. You know, I remember my grandma uh, making, a, you know, she would make wilted salads uh, to eat. And she would have... Uh, dandelions in the salad along with your your different uh you know onions and such and you know you look out there's you know the the wild onions that grow in the farm fields around here and every now and then i mean you know i'll pull one up and i'll chew on it for a while they're very strong so they would go a long way but that's a kind of foraging as well so anyway this podcast is kind of nice because it's uh it's very much a couple that's taking you know, self-sufficiency and, uh, you know, as far as they can without being, you know, overly extreme. But they're even, if I'm understanding it right, they even are uh, off the electric grid and are uh, uh, collecting, um, you know, solar energy and having that stored in batteries, which they use for their household appliances to keep things comfortable as well as, you know, doing what they can to conserve and not use uh, a lot of energy. So it's kind of a neat podcast. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, take a listen. See if you like it. Well, tell you what, that's about uh, all I've got for today. So I'll be uploading this podcast so you all can listen to it. And uh, everybody take care. God bless. And we'll see you hopefully next week on Restoring the Farmstead.